Welcome to the Kick-Ass Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Weaver. You might also know me as the brand medium. I have been in the branding industry for over 20 years now. I'm a published author and I'm also a psychic medium. So in my normal days, you can find me doing psychic readings for people's businesses and brands. But right now, right here on this podcast... I am talking to a bunch of kick-ass businesswomen who have made it successfully in business despite some setbacks. Some of them have personal challenges and some of them have had business challenges, but either way, they're going to tell us how they overcame them and how we can do the same. And they're also going to give us their recipes for success. So if you're starting up a business or you are wanting to get further in your business, then this is the podcast for you. So go grab a cuppa and settle in. And let's get on with the Kick-Ass Chronicles podcast. And welcome back to the Kick-Ass Chronicles. Today, I am chatting with the wonderful Amanda Battle from Oceans of Love Photography. So, Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nikki. What an honour to be here. Oh, it's so good to have you here. So, I'd like to hear a bit about Oceans of Love Photography. I love your photos. They are freaking amazing. And we've already had a discussion about uh, some future work together, <laughs> but uh, talk to everyone about how that came about and, and what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, it has been quite the, quite the little journey and I really can't stand that word, journey. <laughs> so <laughs> it just seems so like, overused, but it really is. I, I don't know a better word for it. Yeah, oceans of love. Let's backtrack a little bit. I don't want to okay. you know, bore everyone with too much history, but my first business was a yoga studio. So I was mm. one of the first people to open a Hatha yoga studio here in Rockingham, Western Australia. Wow. After my own little pathway of beautiful yoga and there was no yoga studios here and that sort of thing. So I dived in and opened up our very first yoga studio here. And that was my first business. And I had a team of seven to eight people and did retreats all over the world and taught internationally and had an amazing career. And it's just funny because every newsletter, every communications, everything I always used to sign off on was Oceans of Love, Amanda. Ah, I like it. So it's always been there and I've never thought of myself as a photographer. However, I've always had a camera in my hand. So I was always the unofficial photographer when I traveled to my school in India as their yoga teacher there. So I was always doing photos for everyone. The yoga, the yoga photos, so spiritual, down the Ganga River, all those sorts of things. And then, yeah, then life got in the way. And I went back to work as a high school teacher. So I'm an ex-high school teacher and have been for a very long time. Mm. I've taught uh, here locally in Western Australia, but also in the Northern Territory. And yeah, some horror, pretty heavy stuff. Some shit went down. Yeah, so, we're going to chat about that too. I'm gonna... Which led me on a little bit of a, a my own little healing pathway. Uh, and photography was one of those things. I picked up a camera for the first time in a long time when I was in uh, Karajini by myself 
in a 1984 Jayco Dove camper van. <laughs> if right, the old yeah. wind up. But yeah, and I just started to get little glimmers of little specks of creativity and, and joy. And I'd signed up for a free diving and yoga retreat in beautiful Exmouth through wow. some friends. And there was an underwater photographer on the course. Her name's Amy, Ocean Amy. Check her out. She's amazing. Yeah. And I was just like, girl crushing. Oh my God. <laughs> Poor thing. She was like so overwhelmed by me because I was like literally like, <laughs> what are you how are you doing that? Oh my God, what camera are you using? Mind blowing. Tell me all the things. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Oh my God, you're incredible. And then so when I got sent my photos from my freediving course, I was like, oh, I've never felt so beautiful underwater. Like I was just, my mind was just blown. And there's still some of my favorite photos of myself to this day, just immersed in the ocean, free falling, just beautiful. And then led to, they had a retreat. So they did a beautiful underwater photography retreat. Right. And I was like, I have to go. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I have to go to this underwater photography retreat. I've never done any underwater photography apart from the old cameras that you used to get. You could put them in the water. Oh yeah. Like, the waterproof ones. And take drunk photos of yourself with you and your friends in a pool. <laughs> that sort of classy sort of stuff. But yeah, so I ended up going on this underwater photography retreat, which the universe does its magical thing. I love telling this story. I was down the park, my local park here in Shoalwater, and I ran into a mutual, like a friend of mine who is an underwater photographer here, and she swims with wild dolphins, and again, I've just always girl crushed on her as well. I'm like, oh. she just does amazing things. Colleen now lives on Christmas Island, and yeah. Oh, wow. So I was like... It's not a bad lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Sarah my god I can't believe you're here and I just started telling her about what was going on and I said should I just buy a GoPro and she looked at me and she went do not buy a GoPro Amanda <laughs> not for that anyway and I said yeah. oh I don't think my camera will be able like it's not a full frame and all this sort of that thing and she goes I'm selling my underwater camera setup oh wow <laughs> I know because I've just upgraded come and have a look. So off I went and I bought her old gear, which was like significantly old, beautiful Aquatica housing and a full frame Canon camera. Like she'd shot all these amazing campaigns all over the world on this camera. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so off I went, I had all the gear and no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta start somewhere yeah and off i went to the underwater photography retreat in exmouth and that was literally my defining moment i reckon it was just i came back going i want to do this this was just instantly every cell in my body was screaming at me to follow that little beautiful thread of yeah. sparks and the universe coming in and going, here's all your gear, here's all the people. That's when you know you're on the right track. The synchronicities, synchronicities start happening and everything just flows and you're like, oh, look at that. This is where I'm meant to be. 
Right. And especially if it's lighting up your soul too, I think that's really important. Yeah, I just, I'm just so grateful for those beautiful beginnings. Like I never went into this thinking, I'm going to be a photographer and I'm going to do this. And it was literally sort of uncovering or unraveling from some stuff from the past to leading me to that point. And I was just like, oh, okay. And it's funny because I had the same download when I opened the yoga studio like wow. 10 years ago. Yeah. It was yeah. like yeah. every cell in my body was going, you're going to do that. And I was like, okay. I don't know. Clear sentience as we call that. Yeah. That's your clear sentience. They're kicking in and you're following it. See, that's it. You, when you follow it, you end up in the right places at the right time and where you're supposed to be. It's amazing, oh, wow. isn't it? It's just, there's this it whole is. other world happening that we don't even know about. We can't even fathom because it's not, because we get taught to believe what we see and hear and all that sort of stuff in the mm. real world. <laughs> and yeah. we just don't realize how much is going on that we can't even see. And it's just yeah. that, that inner knowing or the inner feeling or the inner hearing or whatever it is, whatever your kind of superpower is, because we all have these instincts. And when you follow it, it will never lead you astray. So I love that. I love that you followed yours and that's where you've ended up both times where you need to be. And so now you are shooting amazing underwater and water shoots for ladies. That's your, that's where you're at. That's where you're focusing. That's my jam. Yeah. So I was just lucky when I got back to Exmouth that I had some, some beautiful younger women in my life that were also yoga teachers and free divers and loved getting and they were pregnant yeah <laughs> they just happened to be beautifully pregnant and loved getting <laughs> naked so yeah so i just started shooting women in the water and especially like pregnant in maternity because i my, my main love of yoga was always prenatal and postnatal yoga in supporting women mm -hmm. through that transition and that time in their life so i just really gravitated towards that and being such an ocean person, it just all clicked in. Me being in the water, taking photos. And then a friend of mine who also, she's a beautiful uh, ex-yoga student and all this sort of stuff, she was getting married and she messaged me over Facebook and was like, so do you want to shoot our wedding? And I went, what? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, we're getting, I'm getting married to the love of my life. And we'd love you to be our wedding photographer. And I was like, no. no, 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 no. She's like, yeah, no, you're going to be our wedding photographer. <laughs> you don't get a choice. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, I better work out how to shoot a wedding. <laughs> I just work stuff out as I go. I don't know. Yeah, but now, I think that's a lot of business though, isn't it? Especially when you're small business sometimes you just got to say yes and then figure it out as you go. Because if you start saying no, because you don't know everything or so this is what guys do all the time. They say yes to anything and then they a hundred percent figure it out. Whereas women will be like, Oh, I haven't really done that before. Parishion says I need to do some research first or I need to practice first or do some for free yeah. first or whatever. And we get really worried about being perfect. Whereas a lot of guys will just go, yeah, I know how to do that. Wouldn't have a clue how to do it. And they just figure it out. And that's when we actually just go, do you know what? I'm just going to say yes to the opportunities that come because I will figure it out and it will be okay. And we just yeah. do it. And then, I mean, you've been shooting weddings for ages now. <laughs> you've done a lot of yeah. weddings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I was talking to my beautiful friend, Brooke, 
who actually took me under her wing as a mentor because I was like, how the hell do I shoot a wedding? Can I just come along and watch you do it? And she's like, yeah, babe, that'd be great. I'd love someone on board, that sort of thing. So I just jumped in and was like, okay, like just watching what she was doing and how, because to be blatantly honest, I'm always the drunk girl at the wedding. <laughs> well, it's free alcohol. <laughs> and you're an Aussie. <laughs> Aussies can't turn down a drunk, free bubbly. The drunk, the drunk single girl at the wedding and I'm like, <laughs> like What's going on? What are we doing? Yeah. How do weddings work again? What is it when I'm not drinking as a guest? (laughs) And now I think she asked me the other day, she's like, how many weddings have you shot this year? And I'm like, oh my God, it's like nearly up to 20. Wow. So it's just been an amazing ride. Yeah. I'm just so grateful. It's been awesome. Like I've connected with, I've just got back from Broome. Like I shot a wedding up there and did some work with a hotel and spa up there. And yeah, it's just... It's been incredible. I couldn't, if you have asked me even this time last year, that I'd be sitting here today with you talking about this. Yeah. You've made your dream life happen. That, that's because you've followed your intuition. You've followed your joy. You've let your guidance lead you and you've got to where you need to be. And I think that's a really good lesson for anyone who's at the beginning of a business journey mm. and life in general, I suppose, but specifically focused on the business side of things. Like when you, you, to achieve your goals, you do have to work. You do have to take action. You have to make things happen. However, when you are in your flow and you're following your guidance, you're following your gut, you're following the joy of what lights your soul up, you will inevitably get there. If you're taking action towards it, well, in those directions, it will happen even faster than it would if you were going doing it otherwise and it's just that amazing thing of letting go of the need to control everything because sometimes there's something even bigger and better than you can actually fathom like intellectually fathom because you haven't allowed yourself to even see that reality (laughs) and we limit ourselves to what is in our scope of vision right and then sometimes in fact for most of my clients with the brand mediumship what I can see for them is nothing that they've ever envisaged, envisaged for themselves or not. It's way bigger than what they ever expected. They were like this here, I'm playing on this field, but what is waiting for them is way up here. And it's something that they can't even actually envisage at that point in time. And then once they've gone down these certain paths and taken these certain steps and followed the guidance as they get it, then they hit that and they're like, holy shit, <laughs> I didn't even see that coming. And I'm like, I know you didn't. <laughs> I did. And that's why you got these different bits of guidance to get you there. Cause you wouldn't yeah. have been able to do, you can't get from here to here. You need those smaller steps in between. So mm-hmm. it is amazing. I love it when people just follow the flow and that's what you've Ooh. done. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy part, that's for sure. But I, my, one of my favorite sayings is you've got to get out of your own way. Right. There was always a part of me like going, well, Maybe I'll go back and get a, like a full-time job and start, just start photography on the side and I'll just, like I've got to pay the mortgage and I've got bills to pay and do I really want to go down that path again? The whole, because I've been through that ride, right? Yeah. So I knew, I knew what I was getting myself <laughs> into again and yeah. I still went, I still did it. Yeah, but when you've got entrepreneurship <laughs> in your blood, you can't go, it's really hard to go back. 
once you've run a business i mean i look at the number of businesses that i've run and i've got got so many like half done businesses sitting in my shed (laughs) because i've started something and then going oh yeah maybe not (laughs) or that just hasn't gone anywhere or whatever because when you're in that mindset it's really hard to go back to a a job job and sometimes you do for the learning like for me i went back to publishing so i could well, I got a job in publishing so I could understand publishing and then implement it in my business to set my yeah. brand artisans up as a publisher, publishing house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was fine because was, I was there for a purpose. But if I was there long term, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it because it's a, I would have been like, oh, my God, I'm stuck in this job doing other people's stuff and busting a gut and working stupid yeah. hours to make other people money. And you have that. It's just a completely different mindset to be an, an employee to a business owner and or an entrepreneur and yeah building someone else's dream right that's what i always say yeah it's exactly. always when you give up that time as an employer and i'm not saying like some there's some businesses that have amazing employees and vice versa mm. in small business and really nurture that but yeah for me it's just it's all or nothing i've got to be yeah yeah i've got to be all over it <laughs> yes are you adhd as well yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a really? it's a very ADHD thing. <laughs> Both my sisters are diagnosed. I'm yeah. undiagnosed, but yeah, the more I dive into that, I'm like and it's funny yeah. like in the creative field, I think we're all a little bit neuro neuro sparkly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But I think that helps with the with the resilience and the um, the non logical thinking, like the big picture thinking when you're running your own business. It that's where it becomes a bit of a superpower. And obviously, we need to hack our brains in certain ways to make it perform properly. But for business, like running a business, starting a business, doing all that sort of thing, just it yeah. gives you a different perspective, and it actually becomes your superpower. So yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. I can vision, like I know where I want to go, I big picture, but I'm like, well, what day is it today? <laughs> Did I have breakfast this morning? What, what am I doing today? No I don't have to write everything down. But yeah, it's, it is a bit of a superpower. And in terms of the hyper-focus always comes in handy, just managing those big highs and low lows, like the energy cycle, I'm getting a little bit yes. better at it because I tend to burn myself out a bit. I go, and then I'm like, fuck, I can't move for three oh, days. Went too hard. <laughs> Dopamine is gone. <laughs> yeah, in a crash yes. and on the couch. Yeah, burrito, time. burrito day. My friend Courtney from Seeking Wilder told me that term. She was like the burrito. And I was like, I love that. That is exactly like that envisages it. Like, no, whatever. That's perfect. I was just like, it's like the best analogy. I love it. Back yourself up. And it's funny because my mum used to say as well, at least a couple of times a month, even when I was like a teenager and a little girl, like I I would burn myself out. Like I'd have to Mm. have days off just to sleep and on the couch and so it's always it's recharging the batteries yeah yeah Yeah. even when i was little so i just go with it now well i think you learn how to work with it rather than against it don't you and you just right today is a couch day that's what's happening and that's okay (laughs) and i'm gonna have no guilt about it i'm I'm already preempting one next week (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm like okay that's all right schedule it in this this stop let's go 
back, now that we know where you're at, where you've been, I want to dig into your experience in your teaching. I know you haven't really spoken much about it in a public forum, so you can share as much or as little as you like. But tell us about, you had a bit of a traumatic experience in your teaching time. So tell us a little bit about that. I think anyone in any public service industry, and I'm not just talking about being a, being a public school teacher, across the board for our police, our first responders, our paramedics, our doctors, our, anyone who deals with people on a regular basis in really full on heightened situations. And it's so sad, like literally today, there's been some pretty full on stuff that's gone down in some high schools. Just, it was an experience that happened and it was really, it was traumatic and it was really full on. And it's just funny, I was just thinking about like actually what happened the other day, because obviously I've had to work with a lot of psychologists and things through that, mm. what happened. And this kid was in crisis. So he was a young kid, uh, he was drug affected, so meth, <laughs> mm. uh, which is just rife in our community, unfortunately. He was 13. Wow, uh, that's so young. I was yeah. pretty sure I was still playing with Barbie dolls at that age. I know, I know. Our kids are in crisis, to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, and I just copped it. So that particular day, <laughs> I think back and I'm like, oh my God, no wonder. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was a pretty full on day. Like I'd had three critical incidences by the time it was 11 o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. And I That's was, insane. I was, I was the coordinator, so it was my responsibility to keep a team of staff and a team of uh, students and everyone who worked in that area, in that building, safe. So I, I'm really good in a crisis, as most teachers are, right? We ADHD. Into, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we go into action plans, like we're very, I'm very calm um, and I managed the situation until the police got there, uh, but unfortunately, yeah, I brought all the brunt of that, that trigger or that unfolding and that incident with that particular person and it had backed on to some pretty full on shit that happened just before that. So it already sort of yeah. kicked off. And yeah, my nervous system just shut down. Like I, I didn't really, I wasn't aware of it at the time. Yeah, so I was moved out of that role. <laughs> yeah. And I internalized that as I wasn't Failure. good enough. Mm. Yeah. 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 So Ooh, that's such a, a whole... that's a really woman thing to do as well, isn't it? Well, like, I, I, I just, I went through the scenario again and again, what could I have done better? The outcome and this and whether or not I was going to press charges and the lawyers and the fucking this and that, like it was just mm. all on, on me yeah. and, and it wasn't until after. So I, I went back into the classroom. They moved me out of that particular, that area. And I just had a whole group of like older kids. And it was just this one day, it was so funny, like they were play fighting and they were mucking around, but it escalated. 
and uh. my and it just literally my nerve that's when i knew like my nervous system just broke like just literally it was just mm. like the straw so it wasn't one particular event Incident. it mm. was a series of yeah over time mm. and then we got to that that last one which in reality wasn't that bad to be honest like I think back now I'm like oh yeah it was pretty full-on we yeah. don't have to go into details but it, it was just literally if I had been in a normal open like if my nervous system I was in a really good place regulated I, yeah. it wouldn't have bothered me but because yeah. I was dealing with all this stuff from that incident earlier in the day mm. that I hadn't dealt with and I hadn't been supported on and I was masking a whole lot of symptoms. I was drinking so mm. much alcohol to numb my system and I was self-medicating a lot. Shout out to the self-medicators out there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've probably all done that at some point in time, to be honest. So. <laughs> oh, red wine was like water. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, yeah, so it just shut down and I didn't work for two years after that yeah so yeah that was a big one but it was I look back at that now as such a gift because I didn't have to work I even though I had to navigate through a whole lot of like workers comp and work safe mm. all those sorts of things psychologists that just want to put you on oh, medication yeah. they're like well you, yeah that's the solution depressed. yeah just drug you presence mm. And that's all they wanted to do was just medicate me and put me to the side. And in that time as well, uh, I had chronic fatigue. So with PTSD, I was diagnosed with PTSD and complex PTSD. And within my nervous system, just shut down. So I, I went yeah. into freeze. I went into like I used to sleep 12, 14 hours a night and then still have a nap the next day. Yeah, like just, ex I've never felt so exhausted in my life. Yeah, well, because your body's already, it, when you're in trauma mode, you go into yeah. fight or flight. So you're constantly in a heightened state and that yeah. uses a lot of energy, a lot of energy when, you, when you're not feeling safe. I actually just recorded another episode um, yesterday with yeah. Dom Fletcher, who's the nurturing coach. And we were talking about this exact thing, which is that nervous system yeah. regulation. And when your nervous system is out of whack, you can do all the healing you want to do, but you're still going to end up going back into those same sort of patterns if you can't control your nervous system. Yeah. It's yeah. such a big key factor, and especially after trauma, because yeah. we lack the ability to detach and think logically because our body is like, I am about to get, you know, I think Dom used the expression, like the, the example of I'm about to get eaten by a bear. Like, and yep. that's that primal, we have that pri mm -hmm. those primal reflexes and your body is too busy thinking, I'm not safe, I need to protect myself. How do I protect myself? And although you're physically safe, your, your yeah. brain, your body, your nervous system doesn't really realize it and your whole yeah. body registers it in the same way that it would if someone had a gun to your head. To correct, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, survival mode plays an amazing part of our our sympathetic nervous system and switching that yeah. on and it's there for a reason which is fantastic 
unfortunately, yeah, uh, I couldn't even go into my local IGA without thinking, oh, shit, shit's going to go down. Is something going to happen? I mean? Like, who's going to do that? Like, my little hyper, yeah. hyper-vigilance going on and... I've got a big startle reflex, any loud noises. I still get really quite triggered around sirens and police and ah, things yep. like that. Yeah. So Go see Dom. Ma- yeah. I've, I've had some, I've, I've been really lucky in my own community that yeah. craniosacral work and beautiful. But it takes time as well to work through oh, all of that. Mm. Totally. And that's the thing is there's no one 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 size fits all um, there is not i've talked to other people that have had workplace trauma a beautiful friend of mine she's a paramedic and she went through a horrific thing and she does all the mm. beautiful like she's got the therapy dogs for oh, the, no. the ambulance yeah yeah so you know, i spent a lot of time talking to her about stuff and what worked for her and then other people. And I think for me and for my biggest takeaway is that you find your own medicine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And for you, photography was part of that, which I think is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and you've yeah. ended up with a business, a very successful business out of it, which is so, it's how it's interesting how sometimes a really traumatic event can trigger like this mm. massive change in your life and can trigger the thing and put you in the place where you're actually supposed to be <laughs> yeah mm. and during that time literally the only thing i could do was because i'm so lucky that i live right here in shorewater island like the beautiful islands around me i literally walk out of my house and i had my old dog then who passed only recently oh. so that was another big transition sorry um, yeah that's i just used to walk walk down to the beach with her, like literally with my old lady robe on. No. Shuffle down <laughs> to the beach, swim in the ocean, float around, just be in the ocean, and then I'd come back. And that was literally yeah. some days all I could manage was just swimming in the ocean. And then yeah, those beautiful little sparks as I discussed before and the free diving and the photography. Yeah. It all just started flowing from there. Yeah, and I'm also really grateful that I, I built 10 years ago an amazing yoga community around me that continues to hold me in such beautiful ways, beautiful other yoga teachers and have gone on to open their own little studios or classes around the place that I'm lucky that I can go and be held by other yoga teachers as well in that way and supported within from women all over the place so and not just that but yoga is actually really good for releasing you know, trapped energy and stuff as well in your body isn't it yeah <laughs> Getting oh yeah because a lot of us don't live in our bodies no we yeah. live in our heads especially if you have had trauma because you detach and you it's forget that you're here yeah so yeah i've done a lot of work around trauma informed practices as well so i'm always coming from that place as well in my photography uh and I, and also just acknowledging and, and really owning my own story and my own, dare I say it, journey. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I, I always say journey because I can't think of any other way to I put know. it because that's I kind of it. what it is, isn't it? It's like a spiritual yeah. wanky word. But I like to, I've just gotten some beautiful branding done and she goes, oh, Amanda, I love that you call yourself a spiritual bogan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like it. Yeah, I'm a bit of a spiritual bogan. Yeah, there's a side to me that's very spiritual and very connected. And then there's a side to me that cracks a beer and (laughs) we'll talk fishing with you as well. Well, you lived out regionally for a while, so you've got to 
keep up with the beer drinking and stuff out there, don't you? <laughs> oh, I don't know anything better in this world on a hot day and you've worked physically, a cold beer, you, you cannot <laughs> beat it. Yeah, I don't drink beer. No? I, no, because I get really bloated. And I do, I must ah. admit, there is times, especially if it's summer day and it's quite hot, like a really icy cold, like I'd go like a Corona or something like that, especially like yeah. I said, if it's hot outside and it's icy cold, then I'm all for that. In England, oh. the beer is not cold. <laughs> oh, I especially I didn't drink beer there. But then I guess mm. it's cold outside, so they don't want a cold beer. But yeah, but I'm more of a bubbles girl or a G&T or something like that. <laughs> but nice, I don't drink nice, as much nice. these days. And I, as no. I discovered on Tuesday night at the uh, Christmas ball when I, well, Christmas party when I was, drank way more than I would normally and was feeling a bit rough on Wednesday. That's oh. right. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, welcome to uh, being, I, I mean, I'm not sure. Life after 40. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Welcome to your 40s, but yeah. like, hang, hangovers hit so differently. Like Yes, very much. Two, three days, <laughs> I'm like, I'm cactus, yeah. I mean, I love, yeah. I have, always have a good time at the time, but oh, my God, I've <laughs> Well, you've got to have yeah. a bit of balance in your life as well, don't you? I think that's the thing. You do. You've got to be able to have fun as well. Otherwise, what's the point in living if you're not enjoying yourself? Oh, I was just going to make a point to the difference between drinking as self-medicating. Yes. Yeah. And then drinking like when you're happy. Yeah. It's, it's two very different things. Yeah. So I just yes. wanted to. It is. Yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> when you get to that point, point with any whatever it is whatever substance it is and you're using it so that you don't feel anything that's when you've hit a problem and I think probably most people on this planet will have had some experience of that even down to if it's eating like we do that and there's any kind of crutch can be used to try and numb or sometimes to try and make you feel something because you're feeling numb or whatever. Like, but any time yeah. you're using it to regulate yourself in any way, yeah. that's when you know it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. there's yeah. a difference between... yeah, eating, anything in excess. Like, yeah. And I even think sometimes I used to use my yoga practice. As I, I was about to say, I've done I mean? extreme exercising and extreme dieting and I've, right. I've pretty much done most of the things. My so <laughs> in my some, younger years, because I just didn't want to feel, I didn't yeah, want to feel. Yeah. I've done some yeah, weird and wonderful yeah. shit in, in terms of <laughs> in the love bubble of healing. Trust me. Yeah. Man, like I spent three months in India. <laughs> that, that could be another whole podcast. to. to yeah. Know. I was like, I feel like there's a really big story there. We'll have to maybe, yeah, we'll do that for another <sighs> one. <laughs> or we'll just chat about that over a drink i think oh that sounds like it could be an interesting story india india <laughs> india india it's a very different world i went i was really young when i went because my dad used to live over there mm. and work there and it was a real shock to my system i think that was one of my big wake-up calls to how lucky we were and how good oh. we had it and i think i was about 15 i think and my sister was about 13 or 12 or 13 we were still quite like wow, in the, our early so teens young. and mm. it was yeah and like even my mum she was like you two were different people when we got home it was like you'd had everything it had changed everything because you just there's it just does. such a stark difference 
in the way that we live. And like, even when we were in the compound on one side and we had like security guards, a chef, a cleaner, a driver and all the things. And then a big sort of playground out the back and we get up on top of the slide and look over the river and at the other side, there was all the local, or not all the locals, but the locals who were living in little tents and huts and whatever they could, you know, makeshift kind of things. And they would use the, use like wash in the water, do their clothes, you know, do their laundry in the water, use their water for cooking. They would put, you know, that part of their um, funeral ceremonies were putting people, it was a bit like the Viking ones where they'd put them on, you know, floating bits of wood or whatever, and then burn them and float them down the river. And it was just that, I was like, I now know what burning fish smells like. And that is a really interesting experience to have (laughs) as a young teen. And then you just realize that we are so sheltered and so lucky and everything's relative. So struggles are still struggles, no matter what, you can't compare them to others. But it did really just hit home to me how lucky we are to be in the first world. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah the, the stark difference between their problems and first world problems. <laughs> yeah, I know I've got water coming out of my tap that I can drink. I've got food in the fridge. Yes. Yeah, it's such a privilege uh, to be able to have these opportunities. And yeah, like the fact that, yeah, India really opened my eyes. I, I felt very at home in India. It was quite strange. I think I was, I'm quite okay with all the chaos and being a teacher (laughs) it was just such a place where I think it's either you love it or you hate it and it's just one of those places that it will always stay with you if you love it and I will always love love have a very strong like part of my heart will always be with my time in India so oh that's gorgeous yeah. So just to wind up, oh, we've got 10 minutes still, but I, hours, you know, yeah, uh, absolutely. But mm-hmm. I just want to bring it back to that business focus again. And I guess for me, what I want for other people is to mm-hmm. see, cause when you're going through something, you feel like you're the only one who's ever been through it or you're going through it alone or no one understands it. And you can, I mean, there is a propensity for humans to then fall into using that as an excuse and going, oh, I can't do this, can't do that. So that's why I love to have women like yourself on here to talk about your journeys and some of the struggles as well, so that people can see that even though you went through this shit, you've still come out the other end. And in fact, it's a little bit triggered you to come out the other end and create your dream life, really, where you're off all over the place, taking photos and doing these beautiful water underwater photos and stuff. And that, that you still managed to get there despite those rough times. And it was rough times, but you do yeah. come out the other end. So I guess yeah. what I'd love to hear from you and your experience of your whole journey and having two businesses and a, a, <laughs> a job in between, what would be your advice to anyone who's feeling like they're stuck or struggling <laughs> to get further in their business or not quite hitting the mark or in fact in the middle of some sort of trauma or something similar to what you've experienced what's your advice for them or what pearls of wisdom do you have to share about your journey pearls of wisdom oh that's a great question yeah Um, (laughs) there's a lot i think if i can only speak for myself yeah so i'm not a licensed therapist or no no anything like that but that it comes from your i think yeah learning like learning from experience is such a good teacher as well i agree i agree and so absolutely people will still need to have their own you need the professionals and you need people to help you through it but to hear it from someone who's been through it i think is really helpful 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah. If I was to go back four years ago and talk to my that that version of me, I think that's how I'd like to answer that question if that's okay. Yeah. I would just I would give myself the biggest fucking hug mm. <laughs> and just say it's all gonna be okay. When you're in the mud, yeah, and all the murky and maybe you're going through something now, maybe there's something that's happened or maybe there's something that you haven't dealt with from your past in terms of trauma and all those sorts of things is the one thing that got me through it was that we are not alone and that's a beautiful thing in terms of your story is your story and so unique mm -hmm. to you but there is so much connection in the same emotions we all feel it's just the other day I, I did a reel on my Instagram and I was really honest like how I put out this reel about my PTSD and now I do this and and another high school teacher messaged me I've never met her before messaged me and was like oh my god that happened to me too and that's my oh. that's my story and I was like far out so we're not alone like what the details and it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter but the fact that there is so many other people within your community, within even your friendship circle, within even in your family that, yeah, are, are, yeah. are struggling with trauma. And I think you've got to let yourself feel it and go with it as hard as it is. And you, I remember thinking years ago, I'm never going to feel normal again. I'm never going to feel like yeah. Amanda again. I'm never yeah. like, I was really isolated. I pushed everyone away. The whole fuck yeah. off, everything. The whole world could fuck off, which was yeah. actually really lovely timing because it was <laughs> right in the middle of COVID. So COVID. I was like, awesome. <laughs> You're like, woo, lockdown. Lock lockdown. <laughs> you Hell have yeah. to stay away from me. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. I, I was like, yeah. oh, this is so nice. Like, it just gave me some space to really just work through things myself. And People always say, oh, the psychologist or this or healing or this sort of stuff. Your greatest healer is you. Mm. And that's your own wisdom, your own intuition. You know yourself better than anyone. And I think that would be my takeaway is get mm. really clear and really get to know yourself through mm. this journey. And journaling, like I've got paint like some books and books and books no one will ever read it no one ever wants to read that shit but it helped mm. me like writing things like how i was feeling if triggers were coming up and getting really good with also acknowledging your own self in terms of what you need like yeah. saying no is okay to yep. things exactly so i'll be like oh do you want to go up and go to this concert in perth and i'll be like <laughs> no, I don't know how I'm going to go with that, babe. Whereas before I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll go. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to yeah. go. I want to go because I want to feel normal and I want to feel okay. But yeah. I know putting myself in those situations 
is not going to be the best thing for me because it will just bring up so much anxiety or my hypervigilance or I won't be able to relax. Yeah, I think that's it's, great. It's honouring what you need and, honoring, and that's yeah, great. Honouring what you mm. need in the moment and being really mm. clear with other people around you so that they can honour that as well and help like to know how to support you. I think that's a big one because it wasn't until I had that experience that I realized that I could actually be an advocate for myself and what I needed. Mm. Yeah. I think a lot of us are like people pleasing and yes. we'll say yes, cause we want to be there or we feel like we're going to miss yeah. out on something or we're always like to go, but yeah, um, I think it's the best way to do that is just honor mm. you and follow those little sparks. Yes. I love you know, that. Those little beautiful glimmers and sparks that go, Oh, was that a little bit of joy? I felt there doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a think about that. I think what that's a really good up. piece of advice. Yeah, exactly. And especially when you are dark and you're in that, whether it's a full depression or whether it's just that, that total shutdown or meltdown post post trauma and or whatever it is, everyone responds in a different way. But when yeah. you're there, it's very hard to see the positive stuff. And so if you yeah. can grasp one of those little moments of, like, oh, hang on a second, there was just like something, something just happened in me. <laughs> there was like a moment of human there. I think that's a brilliant piece of advice. Just follow the yeah. sparks, follow, even like, if it's tiny, just take that, acknowledge just, it, and then follow that to see what happens next. And that kind of right. will lead you through. Mm. Yeah, because you've been. And then one day there might be an actual light, not just a spark. It might be, oh, look, there's an actual light there. And then it's a bit more light, a bit more light. And then suddenly, before you know it, you get out of it. And then you're looking back, going, wow, I can't believe yeah. how far I've come. There's a beautiful example of that as well, not just my own pathway, but a beautiful friend that I've surfed with for years is ex Navy and went through a whole thing of trauma and PTSD. So. That's big in our service in like our armed mm. forces as well. Huge. I can huge, imagine. Huge, yeah. huge, huge, yeah. So anyway, so she she got herself a rescue dog and now is training like rescue dogs like all like oh, it wow. was from that spark. So she yeah. had her beautiful dog and her dog was quite reactive. And yeah. then she's now just started going through that journey and that healing with this, with her dog. And now she trains and does training dogs. with dogs and other people or yeah, all over the place. Oh wow. Yeah, that's so amazing. So, yeah, it is. That, it's that, awesome. That isn't it? came from that spark. Yeah. yeah. And we talk wow. about that all the time. For me, it was always the ocean and surfing and I became a surf coach and worked with women here locally and also worked with soldier on so other service people from the army and navy with mm -hmm. ptsd as well and surf therapy and things wow. so yeah it's nice to be around people that you know yourself that yeah you have similar sort of stories and it just normalizes it all which is yeah it's not some hidden taboo thing or that's basically why I started this podcast, to be honest, mm. because as I, I've been through a few heavy issues and I am one, oh, it's ADHD, so I overshare anyway. 
I'm very selective sometimes about what it is that I'm over there's a few things that I won't ever share with anyone outside of who knows about it some quite heavy stuff and yeah. once I'd cleared a lot of that trauma I was open about like, yeah I've been in DV I've been you know all the, the different things and yeah. sexual assault stuff and whatever else and I've been quite open about those experiences and the same with, even with my ADHD when I found that out I'm like oh this is what's happened <laughs> and then other people are like oh yeah I've, I've had that too or this has happened to me or whatever and people suddenly realize oh, I'm not the only one sometimes it's that you realize that you're not the only one as well but I feel like the more that we all share stuff like that the more that we can bond and we can actually be okay about owning our own stuff, especially when it's that, like a, I hate the word victim, but when you've been victimized in a situation and it's out of your, been out of your control to then be able to own that story and take it back again. Cause quite often there's shame involved in, in some of those things. And when you hear other people talking about it and you're like, oh, well, they're not feeling, they don't seem embarrassed. They're not feeling that shame or that guilt or whatever that you do as a victim, that it actually helps with that healing process of going, oh, I don't need to be ashamed of that. Maybe I can be open about it. Maybe I can mm. share my story. Maybe I can, there's other people out there who will understand. Maybe I won't get laughed out of the room or maybe people won't be like, oh, well, what did you do to make that happen then? And all those sort of things, especially if it's some sort of abuse, then they've already messed with your brain. So yeah, I think sharing is really powerful and it also goes back to our tribal roots too. And that's how we used to, that's how we used to bond. We'd sit around, we'd share stories, we'd yeah. talk to each other and you know, that's our roots as humans. So I think it's, exactly. that's a really good yeah. point as well about that sharing. Yeah. <laughs> we heal in connection. There's mm. just no, no doubt about it. You can't do everything by yourself and I'm fiercely independent. Mm. extremely I find it very hard to reach out and be vulnerable but I think along this way is that I've had to be vulnerable but when I feel safe yeah, yeah. and that's probably yeah, exactly. another thing as well to to anyone who's listening around those beautiful little pearls of wisdom is that yeah set yourself up a container of safety like have people in your team that feel safe to unravel around or if you just need a hug or you don't need yeah. a hug right yeah um, <laughs> you just need someone sitting there with you in silence <laughs> yeah yeah or you just need someone to go and go for a walk with them or just to unpack things so yeah, we heal in connection and mm. that takes time and you've got to allow yourself to go through what you've got to go through. But when you start putting, bringing your little head back out of your burrito and your cocoon, yeah. I, I, my hope is that we all find people in our lives that, that can hold that, that are there for you because that's really important. And it's not who you think it's going to be either. Yeah. That's yeah. another little one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you surprise who steps up. Mm. Sometimes the connections I've had over the last year or two have been the most deepest and the most profound in so many ways where strangers have turned into really amazing connections, like just yeah. on a soul level. And it's like, huh. When they say yep. like your tribe yes starts to appear yep 
and sometimes you play in and out of or dive in and out of little tribes and come out and go in and find other people and all those sorts of things and especially as women in our 40s it's just really important that we have those people around us that see us for who we are and not our stories we're not who we are like our stories aren't who we are exactly i'm very much attuned to energy and people's Mm. what people bring i can feel that shit a mile off (laughs) yeah yeah right it's very easy when you tune into it yeah (laughs) yeah so it's all around that alignment and what feels good for me and i'm getting much better and clearer on trusting that over anything else yeah and I think that's a really good place to end it. And the two little gems you just said there is the healing is in the connection, yes. but also your container of safety. Love those. That's they're fantastic. But we better wind it up. So, but thank you so much for coming on today. It's been so great chatting to you. I really love the flow of that. And there's some great takeaways from you in that. And that was just beautiful. And thank you for sharing as well and being open and vulnerable with us (laughs) thank you so much nikki i'd just like to sort of weirdly throw in that i am running a beautiful women of water project on it head over which is all about this exact same thing about photographing women in the water so if you want to check that out i'd love for so many women to be involved it's on my instagram oceans of love photography and also on women of water project but yeah if you want to hear more awesome. of that i'd love to talk to about that but this has been we'll include a link so people can get to those yeah, both of those pages this has as well been so yeah. cathartic and healing for me as well so part of that whole thing has been seen and feeling safe yes. and sharing my story yep. again and <laughs> the shame as well that's a big one it's huge but yeah. just so grateful thank you Thank you so much for joining me on the Kick-Ass Chronicles. It's been wonderful to have you with me and I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you want to get in touch with me or you want to see more of what I do, you can find me on Instagram at NikkiWeaverOfficial or you can jump over to my website at NikkiWeaver.com and every episode of the podcast will be on there as well Um, plus a few other amazing things that I am up to. So (laughs) looking forward to catching up with you again next time. 